Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Hey, Merry Christmas to you all. So glad to be with you guys online. I hope that you had a great day celebrating the birth of Jesus. Hey, this happens to be the last weekend of 2020. I know for many of us, we've been looking forward to the end of this year for some time. I've seen lots of humorous memes and posts online uh, about, hey, what 2020 has been like this or 2020 has been like that. And uh, this has been one of my favorites. If 2020 was a slide, uh, that's about what it has felt like, like a cheese grater. If you're younger than me, you probably don't have the joy of remembering what metal slides felt like going down as a kid. But every time you'd hit a little shift in the metal or a bump, it would feel like a cheese grater. Uh, You basically couldn't go down them between May to August because you would burn yourself with second degree burns. Uh, but, But I know many of us cannot wait to move on into this next year. We're excited to see what the next year has. We're excited to leave the past year behind us. But before we do that, as a church family, I believe that God wants us to remember that he was not absent during 2020. In fact, he was very present with us in so many ways. He was on the move and he was very much doing different things in our lives. And one of the things that has been one, become kind of a tradition here at the Vineyard is that this weekend between Christmas and New Year's, we've used this 52nd weekend of the year to review and reflect on the other 51 weekends of the year. We've gone back and looked at the various ser- sermon series that we've done over this entire year. And that's, so that's what we want to do today. And in this talk, we're going to review those different sermon series. But, but just so you know where we're headed, beginning with the end in mind here, I want you to know that I believe that God wants to use this time to do a couple different things. That he wants us to remember, to repent, to rewire, and to repeat. To remember, repent, rewire, and repeat. You know, we always want to be wowed by something new, don't we? we? Like, I've never seen that before. I've never heard that before. We always want to learn new things. But like King Solomon, the wisest man in the Old Testament said, he said this, there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything in which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already, but long, long ago, but it is here before our time. There's nothing new under the sun. Really what, what Solomon is saying is really what most of us need is not to hear something new today. It's to be reminded and to remember the foundational truths that God has been wanting to impart to us and impart to us specifically over this last year about who he is, about who we are, about what he's inviting us into. He wants us to remember those things. And then he wants us to, to repent of the ways we've strayed away from him. Uh, to maybe repent of things that we've, we've done that we shouldn't have done. He wants us to, to engage with that and to receive the forgiveness of those things and to receive freedom in those things. And then he wants to rewire us. To rewire us, to transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, just like it says in Romans 12, 2, where Paul talks about how 
He transforms and renews our minds. I believe that God wants to rewire the way we see him, the way we see ourselves in these specific areas that he wants us to remember and repent of. And then he wants us to repeat this, this discipline, to make this a spiritual discipline that, that we would go through this practice regularly, not just at the end of every year, but make this a regular habit of, of remembering, repenting, and then re being rewired by him. So that's kind of where we're headed. So being online, this talk allows us to do things a bit differently and to be interactive in different ways maybe than we normally would. If something resonates with you today that I say, uh, feel free to pause it at any time to think more about it. Uh, you may even want to go grab a journal right now. Uh, if you have a favorite journal that you write in, you might want to grab a piece of paper. Or in fact, we actually, for this talk, we're going to include uh, a handout, a PDF handout that you can get on our website, vcdc.org, and download that goes along with this. So you can be kind of tracking along with the different points and things that we're talking about. So if you want to pause and go print that, or get that up on your computer or phone or something like that so you have it available to you, you can do that right now as well. And as we, re we review each of the sermon series that we went through, there is this, there's going to be this general question that I want you to be sensitive in answering before God. You know, all of these topics and questions, they might not all grab your attention. Uh, they, they might all not feel super important. It might feel, in fact, like a lot as we go fairly quickly through all these sermon series, it might feel like you're trying to drink from a fire hose uh, as we go from topic to topic fairly quickly today. But at the end, I promise we'll slow down and we'll take some, some small sips. We'll take some small sips and be refreshed by what God wants to do in us. And, and, I, and so I would ask you to just be thinking the whole time, hey, what's one or two of the questions, God, that you are putting your finger on? that you are wanting to really, me to spend some time uh, remembering, repenting, and then be, you rewiring me in. So join me in just praying this morning. God, we invite your presence here to be with us right now. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Wherever we're at today, if we're sitting at home with our families in our living rooms, if we're watching on our phones, would you just come close right now, Jesus? We give you permission. We give you permission to just put, put your finger gently on maybe one or two things that you want us to remember of this past year, that you want to encourage us in and address in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, the first series that we discussed in January was a series called Disconnected. Isn't that ironic? Really, I think it was prophetic in a sense of how we would fee all feel at different points in this year. How we would all feel disconnected during different times of shutdown or quarantining or just really being isolated from so many people in so many different ways. And in this series, we looked at our mission statement. There are four connects. Our four connects are connect to God, connect to your purpose, connect to the church, and connect to the community. And really our goal in this series was here was to help all of you connect upward with God. And what does that look like? How do we have a relationship with God? To connect inward with the purposes and plans that God has for us. To connect together as a church family. And then to connect outward 
with our community, with our neighborhood, with our coworkers and our, and our friends outside, our non-Christian friends and our friends outside of these walls and, and of this church family. And so if this year has proven anything, it's proven there is something in us, innate in us as human beings in our need for connection, in our desperate need to be connected to God and to others. And I know for so many of us, for so many of, this has been such a hard year, such an isolating year, such a, a lonely year. And so it begs the question, and this is the first question I want to invite you to, to engage with God in. Is there any disconnection that I'm feeling today, God, that you want to encourage me in, that you want to step into? Where am I feeling disconnected that you might want to help encourage me in or help reconnect me in? And this disconnected series led to our next series, which was called Jesus is Enough. Jesus is enough. In this series, we looked at Paul's letter in the New Testament to the Colossians, a wonderful letter, a fairly short letter, written probably around 60 AD, but it's a letter full of timeless applications. Historically, the main purpose that Paul wrote this letter was he wanted to correct some thoughts and some things that the Colossian church was hearing. There were basically these false teachers coming into the early Colossian church trying to convince them of things that they didn't need to be doing. There were basically these two groups, and we talked about this, the Judaizers and the Gnostics. And both of those groups were coming in trying to pressure the, the early Colossian church to basically say that Jesus is actually not quite enough. Both groups we're okay with Jesus. Both groups said, yeah, we like Jesus, but now that you know Jesus, you need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to practice A, B, and C. You need to engage or do these other things. Basically, if you think of it like a staircase, you might remember we talked about it like being like a staircase, where Jesus is kind of the bottom step of the staircase. And, but after you encounter Jesus, you now have to climb the rest of these steps to get to God. And, and what Paul is writing in this letter is he's trying to, to very clearly tell these early Christians, hey, that's actually not true at all. That's not true at all. Jesus is enough. There is no longer a staircase. What Jesus did on the cross, that how he paid our debt for our sins, how we have been made right by God, how he has fulfilled the law completely, the staircase is completely gone. And we are all on a level playing field we all have complete access to the Father. If we believe in Jesus, if we put our faith in him, then we can have an authentic relationship with God and we have full access to him. And that's one thing that's completely unique about Christianity compared to all other religions. All the other religions say you have to climb these stairs to get to God. And in Christianity, Jesus climbed the stairs for us. He made it so that we don't have to climb them that we can be made right with him and have a full access to him at all times. So it invites us to ask the question this, would any of my actions or beliefs say, Jesus, I actually don't believe you're enough when it comes to fill in the blank. Are you trying so hard to make something happen where you don't think that Jesus is enough to solve that problem in your life or to be with you during the waiting a season of, of some challenge in your life? Or is there something you're trying to force? Is there some sort of impossible standard you're trying to live up to or to earn? Whatever that fill in the blank is, the, I'm confident that's something that God 
wants to lovingly address in you. And that took us into Lent, into the season of Easter, where we were celebrating Jesus' resurrection, uh, where he proved that he alone really was more than enough. And in this series, we took a deep dive into looking at the last words of Jesus. These seven phrases that Jesus said while he was hanging and dying on the cross. You might be familiar with or recall some of these phrases. Jesus said things like to the crowd, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. He turned to the one criminal on his, to his one side and said, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Another of one of these sayings he said was really simple. Simple, it, it is finished. He said, it is finished. And one of the themes we talked about in this series is that Jesus, knowing he was about ready to die, he was super intentional in what he chose to say to those who were listening. What he chose to say to the crowd, what he chose to say to his disciples. Because he knew that his life was about to end. And this is a principle I think we all know to be true, that for those few people or those, those people who do know, hey, I'm not going to be around much longer. To those people, they're really intentional at saying really important things at the end. They don't talk about a lot of fluff or a lot of extra. They want to make it really clear to the ones that they love to speak Import, the most important things to them. Words of encouragement, words of love, words of forgiveness. And those are the things we see Jesus saying on the cross. He talks about those things. He talks about and models forgiveness and salvation, hope and victory to those that he loved. And so if our words are powerful and important, then our words matter. And so it begs this question, how forgiving, hopeful, encouraging, loving, have my words been towards others this year? It's a question that I think we should all reflect on and ask. You know, this has been a year where we've been very polarized. It's a year where there's been lots of opinions and lots of tension. And so have my words been like the words of Jesus? You know, when we talk to people and have conversations with people, People should see the love of God and hear the love of God and hear the character of God come through our words. And so that might be something that God is, is wanting to do in us and for us to remember and repent of. At this point in the spring, many of us were kind of sheltering in place at home. COVID was drastically affecting many of our lives, our work, our school, our schedules. But God had nudged Michael, our lead pastor and the staff, really to begin prepping for two series, for two series. And the first one was called A Season of Rest. You might remember that one, A Season of Rest. I know for myself, when it became clear that, hey, we were going to take a few weeks off, we were going to kind of shut down and hunker down for a few weeks. My kids got an extended spring break. They were pretty excited about having a long spring break. You know, there was, there was if I'm honest, there was a naiveness in me. There was a naive, naiveness in me that thought, hey, this is going to be kind of nice. Like, we're just going to take like a two-week vacation here and just, just a staycation and just stay at home and be a family. Uh, and, and really, uh, that, that two-week vacation, uh, we know, of course, it didn't turn out that way. Two weeks turned into a month. A month turned into two. You know, two months basically turned into the rest of the, the, rest of the year, Right? And, and this, what I thought was going to be kind of a two-week little, nice little tropical vacation of just being at home, 
turned out to feeling like being stranded on an island and being so isolated for so long and so desperate need for, for, for peace, for rest. You know, the point of the season of rest sermon series really wasn't so we could learn how to take a vacation together. The intention of it was actually, how do we find rest in God despite life being upside down? For myself, it was a time of reflecting and realizing that what I thought I was doing to find rest in God was actually just jumping through some religious hoops, going through some religious motions. And it wasn't really all helping me grow in my walk with God. So the question is, God, where is there unrest in my soul today? How do I find peace still while this world is kind of outside is topsy-turvy? Where, where am I anxious? Where am I fearful? Where am I angry? Those emotions are indication that, that my, I might not be experiencing a lot of rest in my soul right now. So would you show me, God, and teach me how to have true rest? How to, have, how to learn how to wait? How to rest in your promises and your power and your peace even when this world feels like it's gone mad. And that actually led to the next series that we did. How's that for a segue? We followed the, the, re, the season of rest with a series we called Mad World. Mad World. You know, and where we looked at the letter of First Peter. You know, George Floyd was, was tragically murdered in the middle of May, right in the middle of this series. Uh, where, we're, where we were experiencing a country that was hurting and scared, and feeling hopeless. And we, we dove into this series called Mad World on First Peter, where Peter writes to these early Christians to encourage them where they were going through times of great trials, times of great suffering. In fact, in First Peter, it, it uses the word suffering 11 times. It's one of the major themes of, of this whole letter. And, he's, and just like those early Christians that Peter was trying to encourage, he's still trying to encourage us today. And he wasn't encouraging us to, to just tough it out and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And he wasn't trying to convince us that, hey, all your troubles are going to go away really soon. He doesn't do either end of those, the spectrum on those things. No, instead, he tries to encourage us to grab hold of this idea of having a living hope. Uh, a realistic, uh, a realistic balanced hope that is found in Jesus. A living hope, meaning a hope that's adaptable and flexible and able to change. You know, um, I wonder, you know, how many of you would say that, hey, my hope has faded as this year has gone as things have not gotten back to the way they used to have been. My hope has, has, has faded and does not feel alive. So the question is, how alive is your hope today? How alive is your hope today? Because God wants to give you a balanced, realistic, living hope. He doesn't want you to hold on to and, and carry hopelessness. He doesn't have that for you at all. Hey, and next we jumped into a series on the parables. When things are feeling a bit insane or crazy or mad, why not go and look at the teachings of Jesus, right? Where else can we turn but to look at the words and teachings of 
our Savior. And so when Jesus would teach a crowd or he would teach to the disciples, he would often use parables. Parables are just everyday simple word pictures that had deep spiritual truths. Jesus would, would make these stories up often about things about farming or, you know, what do you do when you, you come upon somebody just needing help on the side of the road? And these stories had really practical, important things that, needed, that he wanted to address to his followers and to the people who were listening. And it was wonderful because everybody could understand them. Everybody understood what Jesus was getting at. It didn't take a PhD to track with Jesus' thinking. In fact, though, actually, it was the people who basically had PhDs back then, the, the religious leaders and scholars of the day who actually had the most trouble with Jesus' teachings because he challenged the status quo so much. He really, he really taught them and challenged them to, to think about what is life with God really meant to look like? And so the question is, have you been living in a way that aligns with the teachings of Jesus? How we love other people, how we pray, how we view God, how we believe God views us. All of those things are important into us, our understanding of, of what God wants for us and, and the good life that he has for us. You know, it's easy to say, hey, I like the teachings of Jesus or I believe in the teachings of Jesus in my head. But do we actually live them out? That's the real test. That's the real question. And so I would encourage you to think about that. Have I been living out the teachings of Jesus this past year? You know, and if we're called to live a certain way and live according to the teachings of Jesus, the, how, there's no way we're going to be able to do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. There's no way we're going to possibly be able to follow those, those teachings and live that out without being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so next we stepped into a series called Unwrapped. And in Unwrapped, we looked at nine spiritual gifts found in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, where we saw how God wants to give us these special abilities, these special gifts to love others and benefit the body of Christ, benefit the church, grow the kingdom of God. And he wants to use us and partner with us through the Holy Spirit in these gifts. And you might remember we talked in, and kind of imagined these gifts in a couple different ways. We talked about how there are, we can have the eyes of God, to, to have the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of discernment, how we can have um, the mouth of God, the gift of tongues and interpretation tongues and, and the gift of prophecy. Or we can experience the hands of God, the gifts of healing and miracles and faith. And we invited God to, to give us those gifts or to reveal those gifts. And we took risks. We took risks in stepping out in those gifts. We created space in our services for many of you to, to have a word of knowledge and come share it. If you, get a sense, if you had a sense of, hey, I think God wants to do some healing in this area, to share that, to go pray for somebody. And we saw God do amazing things in that series and continued to do amazing things. And it's encouraging to me, I hope it's encouraging to you to see like, that God is not asleep in 2020. He, he was not, has not been asleep. He's not dead. He's been active and alive and wants to use us and partner with us through spiritual gifts. So have you become aware of and, and are you, have you been utilizing the gifts that God has given you? Because every believer in Jesus has been given spiritual gifts and we get to spend the rest of our lives discovering what they are and practicing using them. But have you been doing that? And have you been doing that to the fullest? 
And are you aware of what they might be? Those are all things that I, I think that God has been pressing on us this year to think about. Uh, then we kept going this fall. We, we kept talking about how we just recognized there was this in, big need for us to just experience and have a lot of grit to, 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 to grow in resilience because the world was just still so divided in the fall. Things have just, were just still so struggling and tough. And so we decided that we looked at the story of Joseph in the Old Testament just probably one of the most resilient men to ever live. You know, Joseph had a really great start and a really hard young life. He started off as the favored spoiled son, but very quickly as a young man, he faced trial after trial after trial. You know, he was betrayed and abandoned and sold into slavery by his brothers. And as a slave, he was wrongfully imprisoned for something he didn't do. And yet, despite all those challenging moments, all those challenging times, he just focused on taking one next step with God. What's the one next step you have for me, God? I'm going to focus on that. And we saw the resilience grow in him over his lifetime. And then we saw the effects of that. You know, Joseph was elevated to be second in command of Egypt. God used him to save countless people from famine. And, and God brought reconciliation and forgiveness uh, to him and his family this beautiful ending to the story. Uh, we saw him, though, experience kingdom resilience. Kingdom resilience by taking one more step with God through every trial that he faced. He never threw in the towel. And he focused on just taking that one step. So as you look back on this year, you know, have, how have you grown in kingdom resilience and taking just one more step with God this year? How have you grown in that? Is that something God is still wanting to grow in you and, and do in you? You know, and then finally, many of us, uh, we came into the Christmas season and this, you know, this, this winter here, early winter, just excited to have something to celebrate. Many of us have, you know, we set up our Christmas trees and decorations a month early. I know our, our Christmas trees looking a little brown and a little dry uh, more than ever this year because we just wanted something to celebrate, something to look forward to. And we did, despite all the challenges that this year's faced. You know, we have so much to celebrate in the birth of Jesus. And we talked about a season of light. We talked about a season of light that brings hope and faith and joy and peace and how God came to, to live among us, to be with us. And that gives us reason to celebrate in those ways. So I would ask this, have you experienced those things this year? Have you experienced that hope, faith, joy, and peace this past Christmas season in this past year? Are any of those lacking in your life that God might want to give you and impart to you? And so now I know that was a lot. Whew, that was a lot of information, you know, thrown at you. It really was probably like drinking in for trying to take a drink from a fire hose. But let's slow down now for some time of ministry. I want to slow down and have some one-on-one -on -one time with God where we can just take in a few sips. And so, you know, at the beginning, I talked about these, this idea of, rem of remembering repenting, you know, and then rewiring and then repeating that. And so I want to take some time to really enter into an activity and exercise to do that. So again, if you need to, if you haven't done so yet, if you want to pause the video, go get a journal, go get a piece of paper, download and print off that handout. You can do that. But let's take some time to, to really engage with these, these steps and to remember, repent, and rewire. So, so first remember which one or two of these questions or, or series topics or ideas
do you sense that God is putting his finger on and saying, hey, son or daughter, can we go back to that? Can we revisit that? I think we need to address some of that in your life. What are some of those, maybe just one or two of those things that he's putting his finger on? For some of you, you, you already know it. You're already ready to move on to the next step. But if you don't know, if, you, if nothing really jumped out at you as I was talking through my talk, I would encourage you to pause the video right now and just take a few minutes to write that down uh, or to first pray about it. Ask God to show you. Uh, what things he wants you to remember, and then write it down or check, out, check off the box on the handout. Um, but take a few minutes to pause and do that now. Okay, and then now the next part is to repent. The next repentance means to, to just turn away from the old way of doing things and turn towards God. And so we're going to begin just a time of ex making an exchange with God, which is language we use a lot here in the vineyard. So I want to encourage you, whatever that specific question was or area that you feel like God has highlighted, take some time to just write out to God, how do you want to turn back towards him? Maybe that means you want to just acknowledge and ask forgiveness for some sin in your life in that area. Maybe it means you've, you recognize you've neglected something in that area or just something you need to focus more on. So take some time to just Tell God how you feel in that sense. And remember that God is always for you. He's loving and forgiving. So he, there's no condemnation there. He wants to, uh, to hear those things. Just be honest with him. So take a minute or two, or however long you need, pause the video and take some time to write out and repent of those things. And then next, after we've repented, now's the time where we get to invite God to rewire us. Where we, we don't talk to God, we listen to God. Where we write down what he is saying to us. You know, so God, how do you, with what, with what I'm going through, with what I feel like you're highlighting, you want me to remember and repent of, how do you want to rewire me in that area? God, how do you, you want to wash me clean? How do you want to speak truth over me? How do you want to love me? How do you want to rewire and renew my mind and how I think about myself or that, this area in my life. About how, he sees, how you see me, God. About the, the plans and purposes that you have for me. This is my favorite part. Take some time now to pause and just write down what God is, is speaking to you and how he wants to encourage you and rewire you. Go ahead and do that now. Well, I hope that was really refreshing and encouraging to you. I hope that exercise was really helpful for you. And, and lastly, I would encourage you to repeat this exercise, to make this a spiritual discipline in your life, to not just do this one and done and never think about it again. But you may even want to consider getting a journal just for this kind of an activity. You may want to set a, an alarm or an alert on your phone or write it on your calendar a week from now, a month from now, to, to say, I want to sit down and, and, and engage in this again. You know, God, what over the last month do you want me to remember? What do you want me to repent of? And how do you want to rewire me? To make this a regular practice in your life. Because I promise you, if you do that, that your walk with God will, will grow and be more and more fruitful. And so may you be blessed. May your walk with Jesus grow stronger. May this coming year you feel close connection with the Father. May you sense that the Holy Spirit wants to use you 
and work through you. Bless you all. Have a great new year. Hope to see you soon. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.